0: Floorboards the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give
0: us a call right now with your home improvement question, your do it yourself dilemma. The number is 1 888 Money Pit. 888 666 3974. Well, it's starting to get chilly outside now. And that means that we're going to be spending a lot more time inside our homes.
1: Fall, it might not sound like the time of year to take on a gardening project, but it's actually the perfect time to start a compost pile. You've got plenty of yard waste around your property to help lay the foundation for the compost pile. We're going to share tips on composting your yard and your household waste in just a few minutes.
0: Plus, also ahead, plumbers have told us that this is their busy season, especially with kitchen drains and disposers. Why? Well, there's one activity that's very, very popular in the fall that can really do a number on your plumbing, and it keeps the plumbers very, very happy because they get to do lots and lots of service calls. We're going to tell you what that is and how to avoid doing any damage to your system in just a bit.
1: And this hour, we're giving away a great prize. We've got a $100 gift card to Lowe's, courtesy of our friends over at Pella Windows and Doors, and that'll help you get a great head start on your fall home improvement projects.
0: So let's get a head start right now. you got to pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first?
1: Tammy in Michigan's looking to make over a kitchen. How can we help you?
2: Well, I'm wondering um, if you know anything about or can um, walk me through the process of using the, the product
1: out on the market that is um, like you paint your old countertops. Okay. It leaves a hard, burn- a hard surface. So we currently you have a laminate of some sort? I do. It's, it's um, a 1979 faux butcher block.
0: <laughs> no, so you want to go from a faux butcher block to a faux granite top.
1: Yes, there you go. But it doesn't have to be granite. You know, there's so many different manufacturers that make these counter paints. Um, One of them is Rust-Oleum, who I'm sure you've heard of. They have uh, it's like a counter paint kit but it's really just one product in a box and I think they're labeling it as counter makeover counter paint if you go to rustoleum.com and search products you'll find exactly what it is and the only downside is it needs three days to cure so you need to make sure that you know once you prep the surface and roll out the paint that you really really let it dry and that's available in 12 solid colors I believe um modern masters that which is like I believe it's the same company as Rust-Oleum, like, under the umbrella, but they're, like, more high-end finishes. So I think the kit's going to run, like, in the $200 range, whereas the countertop paint's only going to be in, like, the $20 range. Um, but Modern Masters makes one that is really phenomenal when it comes to trying to get a granite look, Um and it's very user-friendly. There's another company called Gianni that makes a um, granite paint, but that one's sort of more like a sponge painting kit, so you get a, a different effect. Um, not sure of the price point on that one, but whatever you do, make sure you follow the prep procedures, make sure you clean it and do whatever you whatever they tell you to do so that you want it to stick and really let it dry before you put anything back on top of it.
0: Okay, awesome. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at
3: 888-MONEYPIT.
1: Jim in South Carolina is dealing with a flooring issue. Tell us what's going on.
3: We had, uh, I had to have our flooring replaced and it's been about a year ago and we have a scratch across the planks. Uh, It goes across in an arc and it crosses about six planks. I've tried lots of different things. I've heard a lot of different uh, uh, suggestions, but nothing really takes care of that. And I was trying to find out if there's a way to get it you know, looking decent without uh, removing the boards and putting them back. I do have the wood in, in case it comes to that, but, you know, I just wanted something simple.
0: All right. How long is the scratch?
3: It's about four feet long.
0: Oof. Wow.
3: <laughs> That's a big inch. one.
0: And what kind of floor, what kind of floor is this? Was it a pre-finished hardwood floor? Yes. You're going to have to replace it. Okay. Well, it's very difficult that. to refinish a pre-finished floor. I will tell you that, because uh, when you sand off the old finish, you almost never, even if you have the materials from the manufacturer, it almost never comes up right. The easiest thing for you to do is to tear those out and replace them.
3: Okay, well, I've tried, and no, nobody down here wants to, wants to tackle them. Yeah, well, it's,
0: it's kind of an impossible job. I mean, if you had a small scratch, I would tell you to use a wax stick. There's a way that you can get, Minwax has these uh, stain sticks that work really well. You melt them a little bit with a lighter, and they drip the wax into the crack, into the gouge and kind of buff it, and it hides the whole thing really, really well. But you can't do that with a four-foot-long four scratch. Yeah, right. Why did it take them four feet to figure out they were dragging something across the floor?
3: Uh, it was a person <laughs> who was helping me move it across the floor, and ah. he didn't want to do, use the dollies, and he grabbed the end and pushed it across before I could say no. <laughs> Son, you know how they are. They oh,
0: know well.
1: everything these days.
0: You can't hate them <laughs> too much. Right. <laughs> Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 1888 money pit.
1: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. This time of year, it's so wonderful to get your home in tip-top shape for the winter season, which is right around the corner. And oh my goodness, Halloween, the first sort of official holiday of this time of year, just sort of springboards us all into Thanksgiving and Christmas. My goodness. So let us help you get your house ready for the ultimate busy season, which is right around the corner. We're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1888
0: Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, before you close your windows and doors against all of that chilly winter weather, it's a good idea to take stock of exactly what you're breathing when it comes to indoor air. You can make that air healthier for you and your family though. We're going to tell you how after this.
2: Hey, hey.
4: The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Why? Well, because you're going to get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a $100 gift card for Lowe's, courtesy of Pella Windows and Doors. Lowe's is making it easy to jumpstart your next home improvement project with 31 ways to save during 31 days of October. Spend your money wisely with energy-saving products like Pella's 350 Series Vinyl Sliding Patio Door.
1: Yeah, and these patio doors meet or even exceed Energy Star guidelines in all 50 states. And if you install qualifying Pella products by the end of the year, that $1,500 tax credit is still up for grabs. The 350 Series Patio Doors will even match with just about any decor the hardware comes in white or almond bright brass satin nickel or even oil rubbed bronze which is so popular right now check out Pella.com slash tax credit for more information and one caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win that great gift card so give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win
0: 888 3974
1: let's get back to the phones who's next All right, now we're going to Ohio, where Rita is looking to experiment with paint chemistry. What's going on, Rita?
3: (laughs) Well, we have a um, basement that has a little room in it. It's Mm kind of like a cellar. And I had um, different paints, and I want to paint the floor. And I want it to look like stone. Okay. What I have is a brick color that is gloss. I have some cream color that is flat. And then I have some brown and some cream that is satin.
0: Mm-hmm. And my
3: question is, I want to use them up, and I want to know if I can take the gloss and the flat
1: and mix it. Mix them together? Uh-huh. Bad idea. Uh-huh.
0: Mm, bad idea. It's going to mess all, not with a good the adhesion. Idea. This is a basement floor? Yes. Yeah. And this is not basement floor paint, is it?
3: No, This is just an
1: indoor...
0: Yeah, yeah. Not First of all, you're not going to have the durability that you need for a floor paint because you're talking about a wall paint.
1: Well, unless you put, you know, like a million coats of urethane or something on, on top, top of it. On top
0: of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bad idea. I would save it and look for another wall to apply it to. But for a basement floor, you want to use an epoxy paint today. Basically a two-part epoxy. It's, uh, you know, the epoxy and the hardener. It You use that because it adheres well to the
1: concrete. And it deals well with that moisture issue that you get from concrete.
3: Okay. And it's also very durable. Even though we have a dehumidifier in here?
1: Yes. Because the moisture that that concrete floor is going to sort of absorb and wick up is coming from the ground underneath your house and surrounding the foundation. So no matter what you do to control the moisture level inside the basement room... You're still dealing with everything that's on the outside. And coming with the winter season, you're just going to get a ton more of that moisture coming up through because of the heat differences, you know, the heated basement, the cold outside, the cold ground. So you really have to be careful with that. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get that epoxy coatings and buy two or three different colors and create your stone pattern to get that same look with that ultra durable finish. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: John in Texas is calling in with a power question. What can we do for you today?
2: I was curious about this uh, device. I was looking on the internet. It's called the Power Wagon. It's a gasless generator, and it's a 5KW. I went ahead and called the company and did a little research and understand they got a 10KW also. And I was looking at potentially modifying... uh, some of the electricity use in my house was something like that, not only hunting, fishing, and other uses I could think of. But what are your thoughts on the availability of that? It's got these big batteries that apparently are uh, valid for like five years. They're mm-hmm. bigger than car and you know uh, pickup truck batteries.
0: Yeah, but doesn't this product have to be driven around to charge? It's basically a trailer. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they said it, it, it does. They mm-hmm. uh, they have two other options, a wind uh, option and a solar panel. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but their look of it is, um, you know, it takes 40 minutes totally to recharge, and you're going to be going to Walmart anyways. And so I'm looking at it as, um, you know, clean energy. Yeah. If you're going to go somewhere and you have a vehicle mm-hmm. that can tow it because it's not very heavy, Yeah,
0: well, let's think about that. Now, you're going to spend a lot of energy towing this thing around for for 40 minutes to charge it up. So you've spent a fair amount of gasoline doing that. You know, there's a lot of stretching of the term green these days, and that just kind of feels like what this is. I mean, I guess green is what it means to you personally. But for me, you know, that's not feeling real green at the moment. Um, I have a backup standby generator For my house, I have a Generac, and I like it because it runs off of natural gas. I mean, I'm fortunate because I have natural gas. It could also run off of propane, though. And it's automatically wired into my electrical system so that if I have a power failure, the entire house is repowered within about 15 to 30 seconds. So, I mean, that's a pretty convenient, efficient way of supplying backup power. Now, if you were a contractor and you were driving around all the time and and you didn't want to, you know, use a gasoline-powered generator, this seems like it could be an option. I mean, basically, it's a couple of batteries on a trailer. You drive it around. The wheels of the trailer seem to charge the batteries. And, you know, that's fine. I don't think it's a good option for a house.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for the feedback.
0: You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
1: You know what? I could see from a standpoint, say, you know, with these home makeover shows, when we go right. there and we're, you know, tapping into their power to right. charge and use all of our tools outside. I mean, hey, great. Ch- drive into the job site anyway, then plug in my tools that I need to use electricity mm-hmm. and charge my batteries right. on that. Fantastic. But you're right. I mean, this is not an ideal situation for a house in the event of a storm or an emergency.
0: No, for Contractor, it might be a good option, but I don't think it's—I uh, don't think it's a replacement for a standby generator.
1: Mm-mm. Now we've got Henry from New York on the line calling in about a basement question. What can we do for you?
2: I have a full basement, a cinder block basement. Okay. And I use the pitcher static on the inside, and now with the humidity when it sweats, I got a really bad moisture problem. And I was wondering what can I use to get the pitcher static off of the cinder blocks.
0: And you put it on the inside?
2: I put it on. I. And I put it on the outside and on the inside.
0: You were really trying to make your house float, weren't you, Henry? Right, exactly. You it oh. into a boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so now what you have is the same problem you had once you started, and that is that you've got a serious moisture problem that's got to be managed. So there's a couple of things that we want you to do. Number one, we want you to take some steps to reduce the volume of moisture that's getting into that block wall, and that's going to start outside your house. So you need to take a look at your gutter system. We want to make sure that you have adequate downspouts, that so the gutter system is clean. You need one spout for every six to 800 square feet of roof surface. And the downspouts are extended well away from the house. And by that, I mean at least six feet. Okay. Now, once you do that, once you look at your grading, we want to make sure the soil around the house is sloping away from the walls. Now, if the soil is flat, if it's settled like most homes have, you need to add more. You'll add clean fill dirt and you'll tamp that down so you'll have a slope of about six inches over four feet. Okay. Now, those two things are going to stop a lot of the water from collecting around the foundation and wicking back into the house. Inside, you're going to need to do some dehumidification. What kind of heat do you have? Is it a forced air system?
2: Uh, yeah, forced
0: air. And is your basement covered by that system?
2: Uh, yes, part of it.
0: Well, one of the best things you could do is put in what's called a whole home dehumidifier. If you have a real serious moisture problem, that's going to help a lot. That gets installed into the HVAC system, and that can take out... Oh, somewhere like around 11 gallons of water a day from the air. Oh, okay. Now, that's going to be expensive. If you want to try something that's less expensive, there's a system called Easy Breathe, which is at easybreathe.com. And what that does is it actually helps depressurize the basement ever so slightly and replace it with conditioned air from the upstairs. Do you have air conditioning in the house?
2: Yeah, not central air.
0: You have uh, window window units. units. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So that would help as well. So take a look at EasyBreathe.com, think about a whole home system, but most importantly, you really need to reduce the amount of moisture that's against the house.
1: Up next, Roger Cook, the landscaping contractor from This Old House, is going to share some advice with us on how to start a compost pile and what you can and cannot put in it.
0: And today's This Old House segment is presented by Tree Wax, all-natural hardwood floor cleaner. Since 1935, Tree Wax products have set the standard for quality floor care with a line of waxes, sealers, and cleaning products.
2: All the money.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Join us on Facebook, won't you? Just text "fan the Money pit" to FBook at 32665. We wish you would do this because our Facebook page needs your face on it to make it perfect. It's not quite there just yet, and you know decor is important to us. And if we feel like if you add your face to it, It'll just be perfect. That's the only thing that's missing.
1: It's the icing on the cake. We need it. So go
0: it. ahead and fan the money pit to F-Book at 32665.
1: Kathy in Missouri is calling in with a patio question. What can we do for you?
3: Uh, yes, I have a big crack in my patio. It's a long crack. And I put that um, cement or had someone to patch it, and it didn't hold. And then there's a smaller crack going off to the side of it. Yep. And I'm okay. trying how to pre- to... <laughs> Repair that.
0: Yeah, well, we're not surprised that it didn't hold because you cannot repair a concrete patio with cement. Uh, that's not going to work. Even though it seems like the materials should be compatible, they're, they're kind of not. And the reason is, is because what happens is water gets underneath that, uh, that new cement patch that you made and it lifts it right out. So what you want to do is get an epoxy patching compound, which is something that you can mix up. And trowel on to those cracks, and it's specifically designed to both fill in the voids and also to seal. Epoxy. Epoxy, yeah. That's the best way to repair any kind of a crack uh, in a concrete surface, Kathy. Mm-hmm. It's a permanent fix. Okay.
2: Okay. Well,
3: thank
1: you very much.
0: You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thank you very much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
1: Well, fall may not seem like the best time to start a gardening project, but with a never-ending supply of leaves and yard clippings on hand, it's actually the perfect time to start a compost pile.
0: That's right. Composting is a great way to recycle organic material. It'll give you homemade fertilizer to help you cut down on all that bagging so many of us have to go through to get rid of organic debris. Here to tell us how to get this job done the right way is Roger Cook, the landscaping pro from TV's This Old House. Hi, Roger.
5: Right, you know what they say compost happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very natural process. So tell us exactly how it works and how we get the best compost to have it ready for spring.
5: Well, it's a totally natural operation where things break down to their elements. Okay. So what we're going to break down is the browns which tends to be leaves in the green which tends to be grass material. Okay combine this, and what I like to do is have people combine it in a ratio of three to one, three browns to one green, and that should give you the perfect compost when it breaks down.
1: And you don't need to add anything into this pile in your yard because I know when you get to sort of household composting, you know, food sources inside the house, there there might be like a worm or something that goes in there. Truly everything you need is outside?
5: Well, there's a couple things you can do to kind of, ex- I use an accelerator and usually the accelerator I use is other compost because it already has microbes in it. It'll mm-hmm. have worms in it and it'll have all the things you need to get that pile started. And when you don't put it in, those things slow, come up from the bottom of the pile and get into the whole pile. But if you turn the pile over with those, then you're speeding up the process too.
4: And do
1: you actually have to build some sort of like containment unit or do I need just a free pile of things sitting in my yard somewhere?
0: And is there a location that's better? I mean, does it need more sun or less sun? Sun is always
5: better in some place where if it does rain, it'll get some rainfall help, so not directly underneath the tree. As far as there are a gazillion things you can buy to do the compost. There are things that spin, that accelerate it very quickly. I've used chicken wire to make a circle and fill it with that. Or if you have enough property, you can just make a large pile. The secret is to turn it over. If you just let it sit there by itself, it can become stagnant.
1: If you decide to compost your yard items, the grass, the leaves, et cetera, can you then add, say, you know, the banana peels and the things from inside the house from your food? Or is it better to just sort of keep those two guys separate?
5: A lot of people will use them. But the problem I have is that rodents will end up getting it in the pile. If you're throwing in some meat, some fruit and things like that, I have a neighbor who does it. And a lot of the vegetation ends up in my yard when the raccoon <laughs> drops it on the way through the yard. Yeah, that's the only problem with that. So if you're going to do that type of product, you need it in something you can keep close so that the animals can't get at it.
0: I would imagine that the microbes probably have a harder time breaking down the meats and the cheeses than they might the grass and the leaves. It'll
5: take a little longer for the whole process to happen, yeah.
0: But the key is really aeration, as you say.
5: Aeration and water. That's what it needs to build up the heat inside that. Now, if you are going to add grass to it, the one recommendation I would make is not to put in a grass that has pesticide or insecticide Mm -hmm. it. It can affect the microbes in the pile, and and we want to just keep those out of our whole compost pile.
1: Is there any odor associated? I mean, does it...
5: If you're doing it right, there is no... No odor to it. If you're doing it wrong, then you will get a smell from stink. the pot. And that's that stagnant smell <laughs> mm-hmm. that you're going to get. Uh, good compost, you can pick it up in your hand and it just earthy smell. That's all it has.
0: To We're it. talking to Roger Cook, the landscaping expert from TV's This Old House. Roger, so if we do everything right, we've got the right mix, we've got the right location, we've been aerating, we've been watering. How do you know when the, when the cake is ready to eat? I mean, how do you know when the compost pie is done? It. But don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, don't eat
5: it. Right. Don't, don't make compost pie. It'll, right. you, you'll take it in your hands and you feel it. It'll be all crumbly. Everything will be broken down, and then you know it's ready. Some people will go as far as to take a heat sample in the middle of it. They look for 150 to 180 degrees. That's how much heat it'll build up in the center of this. But most people, we just take and feel it, and you can
0: tell when it's done. Great advice. Roger Cook from TV's This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. You're welcome. And there are lots of great articles on this topic on the This Old House website at thisoldhouse.com.
1: And remember, you can watch Roger and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and Ask This Old House on your local PBS station.
0: And This Old House is brought to you by Lumber Liquidators Hardwood Floors for Less. Up next, pumpkin guts are a perfect addition to that compost pile, but there are a couple of places you should never, ever dispose of your jack-o'-lantern leftovers. We'll tell you what to avoid after this.
2: You live in a body Pit!
4: Money Fit is brought to you by Noritz. Get an Energy Star qualified Noritz tankless gas water heater installed in your home and save up to 40% on your water heating costs. Visit lovemyhotwater.com and never worry about running out of hot water again. Making
0: good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love to hear what you're working on. So give us a call at 1- 888 Pit, so we can give you a hand with your project. But also, one lucky caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a great prize. We're giving away a $100 gift card to Lowe's and that's courtesy of our friends over at Pella Windows and Doors. Now, Lowe's is making it easy to jumpstart your next home improvement project with 31 ways to save during the 31 days in October. And you can spend your money wisely with energy-saving products like Pella's 350 series vinyl sliding patio door.
0: And those patio doors actually meet or exceed the Energy Star guidelines in all 50 states, and if you install those qualifying Pella products by the end of the year, you can also qualify for that $1,500 tax credit courtesy of Uncle Sam. So Mm -hmm. give us a call right now for your chance to win that $100 gift card from Lowe's. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT.
1: Well, every Halloween season, American plumbers get the call to repair garbage disposers and kitchen sink drains, which have become clogged with sticky pumpkin pulp and seeds. Yuck. I can't even believe this. I'm like, you should be making those seeds in the oven and throwing out that pulp. Well, the goopy byproduct of your favorite jack-o'-lantern is unfortunately ideal for clogging household drains because that pulp, it dries and then it hardens inside of those pipes and your disposers. And that can cause a whole bunch of problems.
0: So here's what you need to do. Never, ever put the pumpkin guts down the kitchen sink. Bad idea. Or worse, don't ever attempt to flush them down your toilet. Why do you really? say this? Because people actually try it, and they call us for solutions, and they call plumbers for uh, cleaning those toilets to get the pumpkin guts out, which is a very disgusting job. Anytime you have to clean your toilet out, it's not a happy place to put stuff. And I mean, come on, the
1: pulp is kind of gross pulling it out of the pumpkin in the first place. So imagine what happens to it when it's down the drain.
0: Right. So, I mean, a better idea is to simply carve those pumpkins on a bed of newspapers and then wrap up the mess and throw all of that pumpkin-related stuff into the garbage can, or better yet, pumpkin guts and leftover pumpkin pieces are perfect for adding to the new compost pile, which you, know, which you now know how to build, thanks to those tips we just got from Roger Cook.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know what, guys? Better yet, sort out the seeds, rinse them off, spread them on a cookie sheet, sprinkle some salt on them, and bake them in the oven at 350 for 10 to 15 minutes. And enjoy the best seasonal snack ever.
0: Eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Let's get back to some of those seasonal questions. Who's next?
1: All right, now we've got Jim in North Dakota who needs some help with a propane tank.
2: What I have, I have a thousand gallon propane tank and it sits under a tree and it's been years. I just figured it out about fifteen years since it's had paint on it. And of course the sap and things it hasn't been washed in that many years either. So there's there's some rough spots that are fairly deep in a lot of places. Most of it on the top, not so bad on the sides and bottom, but what I was wondering is what would be best to take the rust. Do I need to? Could I use navel jelly, or is a wire brush the only way to do it? Or what would you suggest?
0: A wire brush is definitely the best way to do it. Uh, you say it's very deep. Do you feel it's impacting the structural integrity of that tank?
2: No, it doesn't. I had the I had the guy that I get the propane from come look at it, and he said right. it, you need to do it now, though, because if you go any longer, it's going to start eating right into the metal itself. Right now, it's just through the paint and bubbling, and the paint is flaking off.
0: All right, so here's what you want to do. You want to try to abrade as much of that paint off as you possibly can. So wire brush it very, very carefully. Get it all that loose stuff off. And then before you paint it, you got to prime it. And you want to use a primer that's rated for metal, Rust-Oleum or a product like that. Make sure you you pick a nice dry day. When you got plenty of time, to let it dry. And I bet 1,000-gallon tank, that's pr- probably pretty big. You may even want to use a roller on this. Uh, And then do a really good solid coat of primer. Let the primer dry very well. And then do two coats of top coat. And I think you'll have a surface there that will last you a good 10 years. But take your time on the prep. Get rid of that loose stuff and prime it very well. The primer is key because what that does is that's going to stick to whatever is left behind, so to speak. But if you have any loose paint, well, you can't put good paint over bad paint. So you need to get that off first.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Chris in California needs some help with windows. Tell
4: us about it. I'm uh, thinking about putting the uh, window film on my windows. And um, I was wondering if it was worth the investment and uh, if it really does reflect the sun and if it does reflect the sun for fading what happens in the winter does it keep the sun from warming my house?
0: And that's a good question because I'll tell you I remember years ago when I was a home inspector and I was called to do this inspection on a house the complaint was that the homeowner had installed brand new energy efficient windows and she didn't think they were working very well and I said, "Well, why don't you think they're working well?" She says, "Well, before I put these in, I used to sit at this chair on my kitchen table every morning and have my coffee and I really felt the warmth of the sun <laughs> coming in in and, you know, warming my whole body. And now I'm just cold all the time. I said, well, that's the point of <laughs> low working. E windows. You see, it is working because it reflects the heat back outside.
4: I have the low E and the, the dual pane, but I have, uh, what is it, the west-facing side of the house, wherever the sun beats in in mm-hmm. the, uh, the afternoon and the mm-hmm. late afternoon, it just really, it, it fades the furniture And I don't have drapes on these windows and sliding glass. So I'm looking for an efficient way to block some of the heat and keep the furniture from fading.
0: Well, in that particular situation, you sound like a perfect candidate for window films. You know, applied properly, they can give you good UV protection. They can prevent some of the fading of the furniture. I don't think it's going to have a tremendously adverse effect in the winter in terms of your comfort or your clarity of the windows. I know that 3M has a big line of, of window films. They seem to be the market leader on this. I do know, however, that the application is really, really critical. It's got to be done right. The windows have to be super clean. You've got to get great adhesion. But if it's done well, I think it could be very effective in this situation.
4: Oh, great. Well, I appreciate your help. Thank you.
0: You're welcome, Chris. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Well, older homes are built to last, but they're not necessarily energy efficient, more likely far from it. Well, you can retrofit an older home to help save money and energy. We're going to tell you how next. On the Money
2: Pit Radio Show.
4: The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch. Professional quality hand tools, pneumatic and cordless nailers and staplers. Choose the brand that pros trust most. Bostitch. Available at Lowe's and other retailers
0: making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
4: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, this time of year,
1: everybody's looking to save some money by upgrading your energy efficiency in your house. So why not head on over to moneypit.com? All you need to do is search energy efficient home improvements. There will be lists of projects that you can tackle. And then all you have to do is spend a little time in your house and you can start watching your bills get lower and your wallet get fatter. And then you can spend it all at the holidays because face it, they're right around the corner. <laughs> All right, let's jump
0: into the email bag now and take one from Bob in Sealy, Texas.
1: All right, Bob writes, I recently purchased a 29-year-old home in the country, and both my wife and I love it very much. However, the home seems to lack a lot of energy-saving qualities. We replaced the aluminum windows with double-pane windows filled with argon gas, and we put 12 inches of cellulose insulation in the attic. These two accomplishments have helped tremendously. We are now thinking of having the under deck of the roof sprayed with a radium barrier. Is this a worthwhile expense?
0: It's not a radium barrier.
1: Oh, a radiant barrier. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, that's what they wrote. That's, oh, that's, okay. That, you, know, you didn't make that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a radium barrier. That sounds like it would be bad. Radiant barrier would be much better, though. Yes, a radiant barrier would reflect the uh, heat waves out of the attic and make it cooler. I do think it's a good idea, especially since you live in Texas, where it's it's known to have quite warm summers down mm-hmm. there in Texas, and that's why I think a radiant barrier is a, is a really good idea in that state. Um, it, you start to lose the ROI the further north you move, but all kidding aside, in uh, the southern belt states, it's a really good idea to have a radiant barrier. essentially reflects the heat uh, from the sun back outside and doesn't let it build up inside the house. And that's why it's a, it's a nice energy efficient thing to, to add.
1: Now, what about that 12 inches of insulation? Is that enough for that part of the country or should they be having some more?
0: Yeah, That's a good point. It is a little bit light. I mean, generally you want somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 like to 18. inches, right? Yeah. And you also want to make sure you have enough ventilation. So that's the only thing I would add to that, Bob, is make sure that you've got enough ventilation so that you get uh, good fresh airflow through that attic space.
1: All right. I hope that helps. And congratulations on the new home, Bob. I'm sure over the next few years, you know, as you settle into the house, you'll be calling us a lot and we'll be happy to lend you a hand in your you new know home ownership. He,
0: he did the right improvements, too. Yeah, the windows. The windows and added insulation. Two very, very good improvements.
1: All right. Well, good job, Bob. Now we've got one from Mike in Lansing, Michigan, who writes, I have a wooden shed that is in dire need of a paint job. What is the best way to do this and make it last as long as possible?
0: Hmm. Well, the best way to do this is, you know, the same way you would do any proper painting project, Mike, and that is, A, you need to clean the outside of that shed because I imagine there's probably a fair amount of mildew on there, Mm -hmm. and so you're going to want to use a siding wash on it, and the siding wash will get rid of any mildew that's attaching to it. Once you get it clean, you let it dry really, really well. Then we'd like you to use a primer on it. We would suggest an oil-based primer for good adhesion. And after that dries, you can put any exterior paint on it that you choose. But you've got to do it in the right steps. And we know that it's a lot of work and it's a lot of, it takes a lot of time. But if you do it right, you can have a paint finish on an unconditioned building like that Uh, which could probably last you eight to 10 years.
1: Mm -hmm. And Mike, it's super important. You know, autumn's a great time of year to tackle a painting project because lower humidity, so things tend to dry out more quickly. But you really have to make sure, especially in this cleaning step, that first step, that once you're done, you really let that building dry out before you go ahead and put the primer on there. Otherwise, nothing is ever going to stick. So choose days that, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to rain. It doesn't seem too humid. And really, if you do let the things dry out, it will stick and adhere super.
0: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope we've given you lots of tips to help you fix up your home this fall. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember you can do it yourself, but you don't have to do it alone.